Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Taxes. Let me just start with that word. Just the mention of it often gets folks to perk up uh, in one way or another, especially if we say that we may have some information to assist with your tax position. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell back for another go-round here as we discuss a number of legal topics on Chicago's Legal Latte podcast series. Now, most weeks, our discussion is joined by an attorney from the law firm of Lavelle Law Limited. Originally started as a single attorney firm, Lavelle Law today hosts a staff of 19 attorneys, and the firm's initial inception focused much, very much on the practice of matters of taxation. And while additional practice groups have since been added, taxation is still the main theme that really runs through much of what the firm does and what they offer to their clients. So with that prologue in mind, I'm pleased to welcome one of the fine attorneys from Lavelle Law, Joshua Nesser. Nesser, Josh has uh, joined me a number of times in the past, and today while he's here, we're going to discuss taxes and specifically the abatement process for tax penalties. So, Josh, I'm glad you could make the time because this looks like a really good topic. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jim. Now, the the term abatement, in my mind, indicates that a um, penalty is already in place, um, something negative has happened for the taxpayer. Can you explain what types of penalties the IRS might uh, assess towards a taxpayer? Yeah, there's actually several types of penalties the IRS can assess and probably more than we really have time to talk about today. But there are a few basic penalties that anybody who's had some problems with the IRS is familiar with and kind of the main penalties you will see coming from the IRS. Um, those are the failure to file penalty, which is kind of self-explanatory, a penalty for not filing a tax return on time. The failure to pay penalty, which is likewise a penalty for not paying tax when it's due. Um, there's a failure to deposit penalty, which is not making deposits on time. That usually comes into play with quarterly income tax deposits and um, payroll tax deposits that are made with each payroll. And then there's something called the accuracy-related penalty, which is assessed against taxpayers who report inaccurate information on their returns. It usually comes about in the process of a tax audit. Okay. Now that's a pretty pretty good description there, and and as you know, anyone who has their own business knows, or as an individual taxpayer, you go, okay, well those are those are things I know I should be doing. Um, pretty standard stuff there, so it's not extreme situations, but maybe it's the easy way out. So, you know, it sounds to me like before you get penalties abated, um, what's the easiest way to make sure you don't get penalties in the first place? And it sounds like it would just be you know meet your obligations. Exactly. The easiest and most clear-cut way to avoid IRS penalties is just to do what the law requires you to do. File your tax returns on time, um, pay your liabilities on time, report things accurately. Other than that, all you can really do is try to minimize the damage. So if a return is going to be filed late, file it as soon as possible. If tax isn't going to be paid on time, notify the IRS and get it paid as soon as possible. So other than really complying with your tax obligations, there's nothing you can do to avoid penalties. But once once you know there's going to be some type of noncompliance, the best way to go is to cure that as quickly as possible to minimize your damage. And, and just to be clear here, based on, on the criteria you provided, I mean, the, the IRS isn't just going to provide penalties if there is some intent uh, 
to file an incorrect return or some deception. I mean, if you just you miss a date or you do file it in good faith, but you you didn't do it right, then you can be subject to a penalty. That's exactly right. Um, a lot of times it's kind of just an automated system which picks up on a return being late or a balance not being paid. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about, I'm sure, the process of trying to get those abatements or those penalties abated, which sometimes your intent will come into play. But, yeah, a lot of times it's kind of a mechanical thing. If you miss a deadline, you get a penalty, and that's just how, the way it is. Yeah, okay. Now, you mentioned something just a couple minutes ago as you were going through the list there, uh, which was people, you know, well, if you file for an extension, you're going to file late. Um, if you, at the time your taxes are due, you file for an extension, and then you complete everything on task within that time parameter, are, are you in the clear at that point then? Uh, that's a good point to bring up because a lot of people get confused on this. The IRS generally lets taxpayers file an extension um, that will give them six additional months to file their tax return. Now, if you timely request that extension, that gives you six more months to file your return, and if your return's filed within that six-month deadline, it's not late, you don't get a failure-to-file penalty. But what people get confused about is the fact that, that extension does not give you the right to pay six months later your taxes are still due on that original deadline. So for individual income tax returns, um, the taxes are still due April 15th, even if you file that six-month extension. And if you pay the taxes six months later, uh, you still could get hit with a failure-to-pay penalty. Okay. All right. Good distinction then. And when when we talk about penalties, um, you know, IRS gets a bad rap sometimes. Is it sort of an arbitrary process as to how the fines are levied, or is there a basic calculation that you mentioned automated process for reviewing is an automated process for calculating? Yes, it is. Um, The general penalty amounts, so there's the failure to file penalty. That accrues at a rate of 5% of the tax due per month that the return is late, and it'll go as high as 25% of the total unpaid tax. Um, On the other hand, the failure to pay penalty that's also assessed on a monthly basis, and it's assessed at a rate of one-half of a percent of the tax due per month. Again, that can get as high as 25%. So with those two penalties, your total balance due to the IRS can increase by as much as 50%, not even taking into account the additional interest. Um, and then we had also talked about the accuracy-related penalty, which generally is a result of IRS audits, and that usually is equal to 20% of the under-reporting of your tax. Now, those are the standard rates. If the IRS ever determines that there was fraudulent conduct involved in your noncompliance, those rates can obviously increase, but those are kind of the baseline penalty rates. Okay. Now, once those penalties are in place, are they kind of hard and fast then, or does the IRS often you know, work with you to maybe reduce the penalties if you work with them? Um, there are procedures available for requesting penalty abatements. Um, okay. Now, merely paying the taxes is not going to get the underlying penalty abated. Um, okay. Even if you pay the taxes that penalties were assessed on, that penalty is still there, and it's something that you have to address. Okay. Well, let's let's kind of walk through this a little bit. Um, let me just refresh everyone here. Uh, Joshua Nesser is my guest today, uh, an attorney from Lavelle Law Limited. We're discussing or about to discuss the abatement of penalties that a, a taxpayer um, might have incurred from the IRS. Um, Josh has joined me a number of times in the past. I think he'd be well served to go back and listen to any of his podcasts that you might have missed. 
They're all available at LavelleLaw.com. You can also search Lavelle Law on iTunes or here on, on Blog Talk Radio and, uh, and get past podcasts. And Josh is also a contributor to a collection of articles on LavelleLaw.com, um, which cover a number of topics just like this one. Um, so uh, talk to me about that abatement process. Um, you know, are there certain instances in which the IRS is more prone to work with you on an abatement? Is there a process? Um, kind of take us through what goes on there. Yeah, there, there's basically three types of circumstances in which the IRS is going to abate penalties. Um, the first is if the underlying taxes are abated. So maybe if the IRS adjusts your tax return and says, you didn't pay us what you owed us, we're going to hit you with that tax, and also we're going to assess a penalty against you. If you can show them that tax assessment was wrong and get those taxes eliminated, any penalties that were assessed on top of those taxes will likewise be eliminated because they should have never been assessed in the first place. Um, The second instance in which penalties will be abated is under the IRS's first-time penalty abatement procedure, Um, and that's something where if it's a taxpayer's first time of noncompliance, meaning the first time they filed late, the first time they paid late, the IRS will kind of give you a free pass if you contact them and say, cut me a break on this. Um, Mm -hmm. So they'll abate that penalty one time, but if it's the second time you have missed an obligation, you're not eligible for that. So it's kind of a one-time free pass, but but don't count on it because you only get to use it one time. Uh, If neither of those two situations applies, your only real option is to request a penalty abatement based on what's called reasonable cause, and this is the real kind of in-depth procedure that you have to go through to get penalties abated, you have to demonstrate to the IRS that despite you acting as what they consider to be a reasonably prudent business person would, something occurred outside of your control that prevented you from complying with your tax obligations. Um, Examples of situations the IRS will consider for penalty abatements include natural disasters. So obviously if if a hurricane struck and, and everybody was kind of out of commission and couldn't address their day-to-day um, financial needs, then, then they'll consider a penalty abatement. Um, the death of a close relative or a serious medical illness, um, reliance on bad advice from an attorney, an accountant, or the IRS themselves, undue economic hardship that rendered you unable to, to, to pay your taxes, the destruction of financial records, and things like that. Um, but two things that are not excuses, one, ignorance of the law. You're never going to be able to say to the IRS, I didn't know that I was required to do this. That's not an excuse. Everybody always knows that they don't consider ignorance an excuse. Uh, And then simply not having funds available to pay your taxes because of the condition of the economy or or something like that, it's not going to rise to the level of reasonable cause, and the IRS is not going to abate penalties just because of the general economic condition of the country, which people have tried to go that route before but have, for the most part, been unsuccessful. Now, two ways to look at this. You mentioned there uh, with the first time, you know, kind of a free pass card, um, in, in your words and, and perhaps in this conversation, I said, you know, you can, you can call the IRS and, and ask them that. And I know whenever I've received information from the IRS, there's always a uh, sort of a file number and a phone number you call and, and have a conversation. As you got into more detail there, it sounded like a more complicated process. If someone is, is seeking an abatement beyond maybe just that one-time uh, opportunity, is it something a taxpayer can handle on their own, or if they're in this trouble already, maybe they ought to be going through a professional to help guide them? I would say as soon as you get some type of notice from the IRS that you're being assessed a penalty, I think you want to contact an attorney just to get a second opinion as to what your options are. Um, 
maybe you think you can call them and try to work something out of the phone. And sometimes taxpayers will be successful doing that, but they never know if they're getting the best resolution possible. They never know exactly what their rights are. So I would always get an attorney involved who knows the guidelines the IRS has to work within and can help you navigate their rules and regulations to hopefully get you the maximum savings possible. And and is this sort of an insurmountable mountain? I mean, is it is it worth the effort to try and get penalties abated, or is it something that just happens so rarely it might not even be worth the time? Well, based on all of the marketing that people hear in the commercials that, that sometimes mislead taxpayers, a lot of people seem to think it's an easy thing to have penalties abated, that if you just pay the underlying tax, the IRS will kind of turn the other cheek and, and say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll forget about the penalties. That's not really the case. Years ago, the IRS was more inclined to negotiate penalties. If you pay the tax, we'll forgive the penalties, things like that. But recently, it's, it's become a lot more structured. And even if the tax is paid, the IRS will look at these in kind of their, their rigid analysis of where, whether penalties should be abated. And they look at your reasons very closely to see whether they're actually true and, and to see whether you can document your reasons that something happened outside of your control that kept you from complying. And unless you're very good at proving your case and showing that you did all the right things and still couldn't comply, it's tough to get a penalty abatement. But a lot of times with penalties being such great amounts, it's, it's worth it to hire an attorney to look over your case to pay some legal fees on the chance that you could actually produce a lot of savings with the IRS. So it's not impossible. It is possible. It's difficult. But, but the quicker you get somebody involved, an attorney that knows the way to address these things, the better your chances are to have some penalties abated and save some money. And, and then just real quickly here before we go, um, if you go through this application process, I assume it takes a little bit of time. There's probably some back and forth. While that's happening, once you've you know, made the request, do the penalties and interest continue to accrue, or does that kind of get put on hold once you've entered into the formal process? Unfortunately, they will continue to accrue. Uh, the good news is that if there is a request for abatement pending, the IRS won't take any, any action to try to collect those. They won't garnish your wages or levy bank accounts until that request has been resolved. But even while the IRS is looking at, at the penalties, they will continue to accrue. One option is to pay them and then request a refund of it, but a lot of people don't like to do that because that obviously takes a lot of cash up front. Yeah. All right, well, I wish we could uh, spend a little more time, but we have run up against our deadline here. I want to thank uh, Josh for being with us. Always a great conversation. Thank you for joining us as well. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.